Hey, AGs, are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. This episode of Andy's Girls was recorded at Sofitel Los Angeles here in Beverly Hills. She, 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 she. Talk about diamonds and rosé. Dame Galley is in L.A. (laughs) Never have I ever been anything but a shady bitch. I wanted to do a Never Have I Ever, but I couldn't think of anything. And also, I just realized I have like a sultry voice right now. Do you hear that? It's LA. It brings it's out the, the va va boom. It is. It's like a little. It's like a little aging starlet who's just fabulous. Oh at all t- I'm like a Nora Desmond Jr. and I'm here for it. Just very <laughs> chill, very relaxed. I think it's because anytime I go on a trip when I don't have access to like copious amounts of water in my apartment, I just get naturally dehydrated. Hmm. Am I the only person? And it makes you sexier. I mean, God bless. Do I, listen, there's a drought, okay? I, I, somebody's thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what's going on. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode 254, and I'm so excited to be recording from Los Angeles. Woo-hoo. Woo! Um, took a little trip. I'm actually on my last day right now, and it's been so great. I've seen so many Bravo pals, um, all of whom I love, and it's just been a great great opportunity to connect with folks in person and I'm so excited to be joined by one of my favorite people back on the People's People's Soft Hotel Los Angeles at Beverly Hills People's Couch none other than writer producer director creator showrunner aspiring real housewife you guys it's Andy's Girls 254 (laughs) welcome back James (sighs) La Rosa 
Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Um, it is. Uh, do you know it's actually my, my fourth? No. It's, oh. Well, and it's also no. It's not. <laughs> it's my fourth time here. I feel like. Do you know when on Saturday Night Live, like yes. when the guest hosts come back and they get like, like yes. four sounds like maybe I've said something halfway decent in one of the other three. It'll be. You'll get a special surprise <gasps> at five. Okay. Good. I'm excited. Do you know what I'm also excited by? Tell me. Has anyone ever? Had you on both coasts? Oh, oh shit! <laughs> I was like, no, unfortunately, uh, I'm terribly I, no. I thought that's you why you booked first. the Sophie Tell. I mean, I. I mean, I for many reasons. Listen, this is a place I do have to say. I'm going to have more to say on the Sofa Tell later on in the episode, but we are on hallowed grounds. I'm staying at the hotel where the iconic Pantygate Michigas first took place this is a nash a historic property where is the plaque with like a photo of a panty engraved <laughs> well i for on for this occasion i'm going commando no panty oh. here out of respect to the history love that journey of one for of you. the greatest seasons of beverly hills there's <laughs> I, I thought I, I was giving you I was giving you a face. I thought you meant one of the best seasons of Beverly Hills meaning the Panty Gates No, season. I was, but it was a joke. Oh, I got it. Okay, it takes me up. See, I'm in LA, so I'm dumber. Oh, yay. <laughs> it's working. It is 100% working because that's really the goal when you come to LA is that you lose like 20%. Yeah, you, know you know step out of the airport and then yeah. the kind of smog hits you yes. and then you just want to Go find like a member of the Save by the Bell cast to hang yes. out with. Because that's everything. Do you know, I don't think I have seen as in Spotted in the Wild any celebrities. Wow, I'm sitting right here, Sarah. I mean, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yourself excluded. This isn't even a Zoom. Wow. I mean, I do have to say shout out to Crystal Minkoff. We did go to drinks my first night here and she um, uh, invited me to join her at Soho House. And now I've been to two since here. I've never been to any Soho House. And guys, Soho House is like this very exclusive members only property that I have absolutely made fun of many times over the years while dying to go. And now I'm like, wow, I need to... I guess walk by the one in New York. <laughs> like, what is, it's like one of those. This is the thing that I love about LA. Is like LA is like very. They pretend LA pretends to be, and you tell me to go shut the fuck up, like for the very first time. But LA pretends to be very like cool kids, understated. We're just here. We're just chilling. We just care about wellness. But underneath. There is some darkness lurking. Like there, people care a lot. Like all the people that I have seen, everybody's very chill and very friendly and I love them all. But also, it's a little bit of a mirage. Isn't well, it a little bit of a mirage you, here? You've already described yourself as Norma Desmond. So, <laughs> and and as a writer in your room, I'm very nervous as in that movie, he wound up dead in a swimming pool. Spoiler oh alert. Oh my God. But you know, your husband's in the pool. See how <laughs> yeah. that's how we connected the dots. That's how we connected the dots to NJ. That's how we connected. I mean, what's your thought on the vibe in LA versus New York? These are warring factions. Um, It's a little different now. I was about to say post COVID. That's funny. Mm. Um, it's a little different now. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, before my vibe was always uh, LA was more of the obviously it was the relaxed and New York was sort of more the real talk. Because mm -hmm. the priority is that when I first moved out here, I was because I'm East Coast, 
was pretty sort of shocked and surprised a little bit just because, oh my God, whatever I'm about to say is going to sound horrible. I'm, I, I would say I'm like a Los Angelino now. So everything I'm saying could be insulting towards myself, but just, I, I'm from Boston and it's like a big education town and it's like everyone had many different kinds of jobs here education isn't as much of a focus mm. and uh and everyone has one job which is in entertainment every if someone has said oh name a friend that doesn't work in entertainment and i actually can't do it um and that's happened over time so there is sort of a uh, disassociated sort of vibe here mm. that we don't have seasons it's just eternal like early summer mm-hmm. um there's no humidity everything is just truman show every day so it, it's it's it does have a facade in that way, but you're right. I think there's so much money here, and mm. everyone wants some. Love so it. People are, give me. There's there's a lot of uh, this is the only entertainment's the only business I've ever known, and but so I don't know if it's like this sort of a, across platforms. But mm-hmm. here, I definitely have sensed very uh, many times everyone is just smiling and happy to you, and this is mm. amazing, and can't wait to whatever it is, and then you just find out that. Not only do they not mean it, but they are like actively hate you and want to kill you. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's sort of L.A. Sunny smiles mm-hmm. and um, kind of a knife behind their back ready to get you. I mean, and yet also, you know, quality of life is great. I mean, you know, I'm not one of those people who's like, well, I think I was back in the day of like L.A. sucks because I'm a New Yorker, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sure people in L.A. say the same thing about us, I assume. But, you know, then you go here and you're like, oh, L.A. is great. And, you know, I've I've only been to L.A. a hand, literally a handful of times. But I was talking to a friend yesterday who's just like the quality of life from moving to New York to L.A. is unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. And in COVID, when there's only so much that people have and New Yorkers were stacked on top of each other, especially during especially when we're in the global epicenter in L.A., it's like at least you guys have a hill. We and you have some sun. I mean. Sarah, I look 23, don't I? You do. Thanks. I'm 18. That's oh the rudest thing God. you've ever said to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's you're, it's the quality of life is great, and even when uh, California was the epicenter, you at mm. least yes, you at least had a backyard you could go to and you right. know die alone. But um, <laughs> as opposed to New York, where you're like listening to them die, you're like oh honestly my God. stop it. So loud, the noises. <laughs> Atrophy on your own The time. anguish. Can I just leap? Um, listen, so we're in LA. We're mm. recording in my hotel room. Mm-hmm. My favorite space to be. And, you know, you and I talk now and again. Every once in a while. Every once in a while. We talk literally 60 times a day. And, oh, do I have a button loose? Were you just telling me? Oh, I do. No, I was actually... Well, I'm listen. It's LA. I'm starting to. Myself. I'm starting to uh, unroll. <laughs> I mean, there's some stuff happening. Um, uh, you know, we talk now and again, mm-hmm. and sometimes those conversations include housewives. Mm-hmm. And I just watched Beverly Hills. Yes, things happened. Couple. And I want to know your thoughts. You know, it's so interesting that we're recording in LA. You are a man of LA. You are in the entertainment industry. You have to work with Erica Jane before. Yes. You are also a Bravo super fan. Yes. And I'm curious for your perspective, watching this season play out, knowing all of the connections that you have, both as a resident member of the entertainment yada, someone who has a lot of, um, uh, had a, has 
many shows happening at all times and has some experience knowing the power of an edit and narrative and all of that. I'm curious for your for what your journey has been. Uh, I never thought that they would have a good season again. Really? <laughs> well, particularly Beverly Hills. Yeah, because it's just like the I know we all make fun of the Fox Force. I hate it so uh, much. For, yeah, and and it just it deserves to be made fun of. Mm-hmm. And because of that, the show has suffered. And it's interesting how the network just kind of continues to support that. Mm-hmm. Um. So because of that, I was like, we're just not. I can't just. Ugh. Beverly Hills just was not the go-to. Beverly Hills is not only the go-to of a housewife show but i want to say that with the post or something just say it's the best show on television yeah which and, erica which, reposted yeah. <laughs> which she was like you're welcome <laughs> it's because of me <laughs> um and uh so I, I absolutely love the season um it is extremely interesting it operates on a bunch of different levels f- for me just because you have uh, like you said the edit and a show can make you love or hate someone based on the little music in the background so you know obviously you can you can edit someone you can edit things out you can edit out the scene where Sutton's like I'll lend you some money and then bring it up later as if it's like some minor mm-hmm. uh nothing um you're also dealing with for instance if you you know talk if you're talking about Erica which this season maybe you will <laughs> once or twice you're talking about someone who is so it's there's the Erica who she was born as then is Erica Girardi then there because I don't remember her maiden name or whatever something Sha- I forgot something. it's but fine it's fine it's her and then it's Girardi and then it's Erica Jane this sort Jahoy. of created okay I'm we'll, so terrified we'll go with that, that. that yeah um and then there's this you know this character that she plays Erica Jane, who she's like a part of her personality. And then she's on a show where they are all kind of portraying characters and then commenting on it in real life. And in real life, are you that character or not? So it's like a lot of it still, it basically all feels like what you just said, which is very glamorous, very cool. What a nice, you know, quality of life. There's like an undercurrent of fake and potentially dark and it's all Mm -hmm. on the show this season. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you see that, um, so it, it, sometimes I watch a show and I wonder like, okay, who do they really like behind the scenes? Like who are they giving a good edit to mm. like Garcelle? I really feel like they like on the show just in how they are sort of portraying her. Mm-hmm. They don't give her like the goofy music. They don't mm-hmm. give her the thing that's going to influence you to go, you know, she's talking out of her ass. They do sometimes, um, they don't, they don't give her, they don't, how do I say, they don't build her up into something she's not like they will show like, here she is being a busybody or mm-hmm. here she is. So it's like, she gets a fair edit in that way, but it seems like she's kind of on production side and vice versa. Um, uh, so, and then there's other people that I'm just like, like Dorit, I'm just like, who in production did she maybe like step on their foot once or something because mm. I feel like they're they're so willing to be like here's this bitch's old nose <laughs> like so <laughs> it's it's it, I, I I enjoy watching the show to kind of figure out the behind the scenes of it all but but I don't know if you're ever going to have another and I know this Jen Shaw situation but on on Salt Lake City but I don't know if you're ever going to have a season of a show that is going to have such a large real world like mm. crime element to it Mm -hmm. so like make hay while you can Mm -hmm. and and it's enjoy the season while because I have no idea what her future I mean obviously you know we've heard about the reunion and Andy being a certain way with her and everyone's like this reunion was great which of course nobody wants to hear they don't want to hear like oh she answered everything Mm, did she um Mm. so but it's it's 
I don't know what happens after this season. So yeah, I just sort of feel like enjoy it. And there's only one more episode. Next week is the finale, right? I know. Hmm. But how do you feel about Erica's journey so far? Erica's journey to me, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I've heard it said, and I agree. Her first season, I thought, oh, she like not since Dorinda has someone had to debut mm. season that was so good. Yep. Every season after that has been either uh, really or kind of like you're not really giving me, you know, and I think actively so like the stuff that you want, like she's, you know, kind of coming in and being super glam, which by the way, because her first season was so good, you're like, she's coast on the fumes and we're good with it. And, right. and, and no, and I, I mean, I hired her. I just, I thought she was really interesting. So I had her on my show um, and she acted and under the name Erica Girardi. Mm. Um, and uh, I do think that if I were to step out of that and above it and look down, it all kind of makes sense. Not necessarily taking the kind of court stuff out of it and mm-hmm. what her husband is accused of, but the fact that she comes on the show with an alter ego mm-hmm. and she so she has like a double life like wink and a mm-hmm. you know, n- nod um now she is kind of living that this season and you see it in her confessionals where she's talking about like oh you know Sutton it's so great that you could you know pay the rent are you really friends with her no fuck that bitch I'm doing whatever I you know she goes from don't you call me a liar to oh I'm lying to her face right now Mm -hmm. and of course I am so there's so much going on with her that feels like she's the only one that knows what's going on which to me tracks as a character it tracks for me if I'm looking at her as a as a as a character she's she's like (laughs) that she's sort of been a double agent the whole time. That's so interesting to think about. I don't know if I've ever thought about it in that way, but when it comes to like an alter ego, she started off as Erica Girardi and the alter ego, this, which had some level of controversy. And I remember Bethany and other people were very kind of critical about it. Her alter ego was Erica Jane. And now she's in a position where now that we know Erica Girardi may not have ever existed or if it was there was a very very heavy price that other people were paying she's trying to morph from erica girardi into erica jane being the primary and the alter ego now again being what we thought was the human person to begin i don't know how you do that i don't know how you do that successfully well i mean it would in psychology terms i mean obviously i don't i don't have a degree in it so i I'm sort of just tertiary. We are in LA. Okay. So, well, I'm uh, with my master's in psychology. I can tell (laughs) you, well, but sometimes the altar is the stronger of the personalities Mm -hmm. because there is a need. The altar steps in to protect, to handle, to do what have you. But that doesn't mean that's the original personality and the one that's sort of the base. I mean, Erica Girardi, I would argue, isn't the, I mean, it's who she, how, like, what's her maiden name again? Jahoy, I think. I I didn't Google it. That's that's who she is. That is who she is at her core. She became Erica Girardi when she married her husband. And and I would be interested to know who those two women were because I my guess is they're not the same. Tom had certain expectations of her. She may have decided that, you know, she may have had expectations for herself as his wife. So I think that that was the day when she kind of got with him and married him that she became something maybe more aspirational, maybe more than she was, which who doesn't like you get you move on, you get into a better sort of situation and then you take on that role. Erica Jane, I think, is a third person. So in terms of, I think Erica, if I'm talking, I love, I'm really talking about her, like she's like an actual character. But Erica Jane is who's in charge right now. Erica Girardi is 
I don't, I, to me, that who is not her kind of main personality. There's like, she's multiple levels. I think she's fascinating. And yet, you know, you get to decide what your name is going to be on the outside of like your reunion trailer. And she chose Erica Girardi, which I was surprised by. Is that an Erica Jane move, though? As like a fuck you? Her entire social media presence this entire season has been a fuck you. Everything that she has said to fans, they, why is it a four-part reunion? You're welcome. Um, why is it the best show on television? High wink. Um, all that sort of stuff. She's not, she, she's, she's extremely defensive right now on mm-hmm. social media. And she's starting like as we're hitting the end of the season, that sort of where she's like, yes, I'm lying to Sutton. That feels more like her social media presence. So it's almost like time is starting to catch up mm-hmm. to her point of view right now, which is fuck you. And the Erica Girardi sign on her reunion to me is a fuck you. I completely agree. And yet also the the things that she was saying during the show, you would think are more Girardi-esque in the Tom has done so many wonderful things and people love him and he's done so much. And why isn't anyone aside from me? I, I, do, I do not count. But like, why isn't anyone helping him? He's done so much good. And, you know, I talk to the lawyers and they tell me how generous I am and that no one else has been this courageous because I acknowledge that I can no longer maintain stolen funds. You know, she says these things where it's like, that doesn't feel like a Jane to me. And I don't know Chahoy. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know that Erica does. When it comes to, like, where are you from, she has a certain amount of self-loathing or disgust or something for the idea of small-town living. She has said very specific things to Sutton that I'm like, that's an odd thing to say. And I'm from Rhode Island, the smallest state in the country, an identity that I'm incredibly proud of. As you ask any Rhode Islander, it's like, we're going to talk about it for a thousand years, even though I've lived in New York for several hundred. Something's happening with that Georgia peach because she doesn't, I don't know that Chahoy is the real reality. I don't know that there is one. Uh, the fact that she came at Sutton for something that specific, you're right. I mean, it's like she, it, it, it would imply to me, because again, I mean, we're talking about someone that we're not like in her head, but if Aren't I, we? I mean, she reacts sometimes like people are. <laughs> she, I, if, if you're going to, if you are calling someone small town as an insult, you think it's an insult. And she very publicly and very successfully, I mean, she's wealthy. Well, I mean, that's a whole other episode, but mm. she has gone from small town to a ton of cash. And, and, you know, this is the room, this is our chapel. This is the, you know, pool we never use, like all that stuff. So she's, she has, for her, I feel like it hasn't been like, I've met this man. We've fallen in love. I just happen to be in this other stratosphere and here we go. It, to me, it feels like the great escape. And when you escape something like that, you do not want to go back. And if you see someone behaving a certain way, that would be my insult if that's how I felt. You're very small town because that's a horrible place that I'm glad I got out of. I mean, she didn't go from a small town straight into Tom's arms. She went to New York. She was trying to dance. She had her kid with her mom or with family or or his dad. I forget who it was and came to New York to pursue dance. I mean, you know, so it's not like she went straight from Tom from small town to Tom. There was a chapter where she was on her own. I don't know what that supports as far as a narrative and defensiveness, you know, but it wasn't that she went ambition. Yeah. Maybe it strengthened her ambition, I guess. Well, if you're, if, if, 
you are somewhere you don't want to be and this is a very entertainment backstory a lot of people have yeah. it you come from a small town you have hustle and mm -hmm. she absolutely has hustle and she takes her child and she goes somewhere and she's gonna you know i think she's very confident in her talent mm -hmm. and actually having seen her talent i do think she's actually talented like when she was on hit the floor she was extremely professional she didn't she knew her lines she and and she was fun and she delivered and she did things different ways like i think she's actually legit talented and i think she just pushed that as hard as she could now when tom enters the picture i mean who knows where she was at with her sort of hustle and was she getting the callbacks that she wanted to get was she getting the gigs that she wanted to get when people don't get that right away then suddenly the plan b kicks in do they go somewhere else do they do something else do they go back to school or do they meet a nice guy who has a lot of uh toys and and go that way i mean yeah it, it's anyway and she was obviously erica jane pre housewives but if you look at the videos that were produced during that time it's like a very different experience and vibe to the erica jane slash girardi that was presented on bh like there was a huge upsurge in the costs necessary to illustrate a certain kind of picture a certain kind of narrative so it's not that she was necessarily he was obviously doing what he felt he needed to do to provide a certain quality of living for all of them, for for both of them with, you know, crime be crime and for however long, but well over a decade, possibly a much, much longer period of time than that. But something kicked into high gear either directly connected to Housewives to show that she was living a certain way in order to get cast on Housewives as a result of getting cast. So when it even comes to the like, who is she right now? Even the Erica Jane has an alter ego of Erica Jane pre-BH when she was still pursuing this thing and having some level of success, but it wasn't the idea of her that was that's presented. There is no connection to me between the Erica Jane music videos pre-BH and It's Expensive to Be Me, Zero Fox. So would you, I would equate that to like, hear me out. I okay. would equate that to like Teddy first season, second season or any housewife that comes along and she's like, I'm in my, you know, dress barn is all I can think of. But like mm -hmm. I'm in some sort of outfits. By the time second season comes along, they look like a fembot. Their face is Kardashian. I mean, Dorit has gone through 17 faces by this <laughs> point. And uh, I sort of equate that to Erica's videos. You, She has like sort of like the real amateur kind of looking stuff. And I think that's what they showed um, Bethany when they're looking. Like when, she, when they first yes. show up in her first video, it seemed like the kind of video – you know, not a lot of budget wasn't shot, you know, it looked good. It looked like a video, but it mm -hmm. wasn't like, you know, the glossy, you mm -hmm. know, TRL ready video so that when she gets on BH, uh, well now she has to really have like a super professional video. And then the, like j her videos, glam, glam went up basically mm -hmm. is what I'm saying. It's like, once you get on a national stage, suddenly it's like the money has to really kick in. I mean, it doesn't real. I mean, I, I don't know how much of this was pressure that was felt in order to create first and then maintain a mystique, but it's not necessary. She's, I mean, she's even crying poverty this week 
But then we see her fucking, I think she's the only one with glam. Dorit may well have glam, but we haven't seen it, which was a specific choice by the editors. But she's there with her assistant, which is not necessary, and her makeup artist. And she's saying to Kyle, I'm flat broke and I will never have money, or at least for the near, I'm leaving this with nothing. I have literally nothing. And her assistant, or her, and who's doing her hair because she can't afford the hair. Maybe that's how you know you're broke. You can only have your makeup artist and your assistant. You can't also have hair. So I don't know. I don't know how all of this connects to each other. Well, it, going back to the earlier thought, I think they give the editors give Erica as much respect as they can. Mm. However, she feels like someone to me that might that production might not. 100% enjoyed by the way that they very actively show her wealth. They they have throughout this entire season gone to great lengths to show how much she's spending. Does that I don't know that that's connected to them not liking her. I think it's connected to them producing the best possible story because they don't owe her anything. Correct. There um, are interpersonal relationships which you would know more about than I, think I would, there's, but I think there's a way to protect an asset and I think there's a way to exploit an asset for entertainment. She feels like she's being exploited for entertainment but given as much respect throughout the process so that she doesn't um realize or act up against it. Like I think they see her as a storyline. I don't think they see her being on the show forever i think they i think what's going on with her is so massive it to me it feels like it has an expiration date on her being on the show whether it's this season or next season it's i think they're like okay this woman is in hot water either directly or indirectly so we are going to produce the hell out of it as long as we can get away with it morally and then at a certain point i think there she gets shown the door and yet who's in hot water on the actual show itself it's not erica it's sutton and garcelle for the as far as group thing yeah as far as like the fox force whomever like the fox force whatever the fuck like it's not the person who is in the national spotlight with pressure which we know about which is obvious which the cast sometimes talks about is erica <laughs> but the people who are in a state of duress when it comes to actual like cast attacks passive-aggressive moments Kyle saying oh look you're quiet let's yeah, yeah. shine a light on you and make you uncomfortable it's it's but primarily Sutton and also Garcelle for sure but that's because of the cast I don't know that that's because of production mm -hmm. I think the cast is protecting Erica more than they probably even want I am sure that the, that the producers would be just fine if mm -hmm. like when Kyle started having that like the dinner when 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 PK and Dorit started talking and PK is like babe this is a little too hot you know blah blah here's how it really works and when they got together and had dinner when Kyle was starting to do her confessionals where she's like alleged that's the story you told hot net I'm sure production was like behind the scenes like oh my god finally mm -hmm. yes this is good I, that's what I think they want I think it's the, the the women themselves who are protecting her that is that is making Garcelle and Sutton the ones that are facing more heat that's also why I think the reunion could be so interesting because there is this tension of the women in the moment reacting you can see their faces react when erica says shocking things that they just don't believe it or think or it's just a strategically terrible move you can see the like shock in their eyes and then you get a cut they don't say anything they stay quiet or they change the subject and then in the confessional there's the moment of kyle being like but as we all know the number one priority is the victims and she's very solemn and she's very serious and she's almost one could say like a little self-serious in that moment 
because you realize it's right after this moment where Erica's talking about how courageous she is for surviving with her Cartier Panther ring and whatever else, knowing all of that is based on store a lot. It's dirty money incorporating an enormous amount of stolen funds. And Kyle doesn't say a thing. And that could be from fear, but you also, it's like the imbalance of how much of this is being coached by production. I would argue the confessionals are highly coached in that way to share another perspective, which the women might agree with, but the reunion is going to be up. You don't have the benefit of being in a room by yourself in which to share a different opinion Mm -hmm. that happens to be critical of Erica. Now you may have to actually say it to her face. And how hard is Erica though going to go at these women because they have so successfully covered her so far? So, so they may have a conversation about, you know, the dinner that, you know, Erica had to watch that she Mm -hmm. didn't feel so good watching, but she's not going to come at Kyle the way that she came at Sutton. She's not going to come at, I mean, uh, Lisa's not going to, not that Lisa has anything to, I'm so, can I tell you the fact that her name hasn't come up (laughs) until this point? I'm like, why do I feel like I feel like breezy and good? <laughs> as soon as I said Lisa's name, I was suddenly I was just like, uh oh, um. But uh, so I so I apologize and I take we're gonna take that out in the edit <laughs> <laughs> or put some clown music behind it, some calliope sounds. Um, but uh, Erica's not gonna come at at her kind of um, champions in the same way. She'll say, oh, that hurt my feelings, and Kyle will apologize and say, yeah, but X Y Z, and okay, but it's not gonna be. How they're going to get four? I'm interested. For the fact that they made this into a four-parter, I'm interested because it's a that's a lot. Even though Erica, we've been talking just about her this whole time, mm-hmm. that's a lot of Erica for four episodes. And I know you're going to get into the Crystal and in Sutton. Uh, Sutton, and I know you're going to get into the Garcelle and Lisa. Mm-hmm. Oh, Calliope music again. Ugh, <laughs> oh, never mm-hmm. have I ever wished she was off the show more. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious like you, yes, they're going to be in front of each other's faces and saying all this stuff. Hopefully something comes out of it. Um, something has to, these women have delivered Mm -hmm. this season. They have delivered Mm -hmm. Garcelle's confessionals to me are like a plus plus, um, Sutton's confessionals. What what, her line this week, which I died. She was just like, I'd be mad too. If I lost all my money with her little, like her little half smile. She's so skilled at this. She's skilled. And also she is unafraid. And I think the reason that people, she's a certain type of personality, which I totally get someone who in the moment, like the audience, just like I am, just like anyone watching, if someone's coming going or what, or what mm-hmm. you're like, Oh girl, say you have nothing to come at me with. Cause you're broken. There's no, like, are you can't even wrestle me at this mm-hmm. point. Like, what are you going to do? You want something to say something like that. But like most people you're like, so jarred that someone is hissing at your face. And right. you're like, oh, oh, oh. But give someone a second and put them in a room later where they're like, this is how I really, I couldn't express what I was thinking and feeling. Now I can. Mm-hmm. That Sutton shines so big there when she's talking about these other women who are like g- kissing her ass and all this other stuff. It's, it's, it is really wonderful. And the fact that she and Garcelle are friends. Mm. And by the way, did you see Watch What Happens Live with Kathy? I haven't because I've been in LA. All right. Well, so Kathy was on with Kyle and they did a poll and everyone said that Kathy was their favorite sister, which is <laughs> in front of Kyle's face, which was the I best. I love that. And I, and I want to say like Kyle and uh, Kim like vied for second place. And the, <laughs> and the Kim that was there was like a cardboard cutout. Oh no. But Kathy, they were talking about Garcelle and Kathy just goes, Garcelle's my girl. Like she's team Garcelle. And she was so hard with it that mm. I was just like, 
you may have swayed me into because I've been really like reticent with like Kathy Hilton. Oh, she, really? Well, yeah, because she hasn't had she doesn't have to roll around in the mud. So, of course, she's going to be darling. And who's hunky dory? And I got my fan and mm-hmm. I'm just going to like, you know, drink coffee in bed with you at Red Bulls or whatever. She's like it's she's like the eccentric rich lady. And then everyone's like, I live, I die, I do all these things. I go through an entire lifetime for Kathy. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, but let her have a moment. It, she's now having a couple of moments where I'm like, I actually am interested. Like when she's like, Oh, Dorit, come on. I was, right. like, I was like, Oh, okay. She was the only one to say it. She didn't have to. It's there. She knows she is an she alpha. Is, she's the ultimate alpha. She knows she's rich as fuck. And that mm. none of these women will yes. step up. So when you see Kathy gravitate towards one of them, it's almost like, Oh, they have the ear of the Godfather. And so far the ear of the Godfather is Garcelle and Sutton, which I think is interesting. And I and her husband also on the Watch What Happens Live said to her, you you know, you you shouldn't be at the end of the table during these dinners. You should be in the middle. You should be getting involved more. Mm. And I'm like, you know what, husband, preach. Let's get her in the midst. Let's see her get a head. Get, get her in a headlock, Kathy. Like, let's just really dive in head first. The interesting thing with Kathy is like the network understands how much fa- the network knows, acknowledges, takes note of, agrees with the idea that Kathy Hilton is a superstar on this show. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And the audience is heavily also in a totally different way, incredibly vocally supported, spe- supportive, specifically of Sutton and also Garcelle. But mm-hmm. Sutton, is, Sutton is the one in different ways, but when it comes to the direct Sutton v. Erica that is an enormous storyline this season. And the network obviously is taking note of that. But I wonder how the cast is. The cast knows that everybody loves Kathy. Mm -hmm. The cast knows that there is a huge divide when it comes to discussing Erica. But I wonder how they will acknowledge or respond to, on the reunion or otherwise, the idea that Sutton is now incredibly popular. Yeah. How do you handle that when in group settings, Sutton and Garcelle are in the minority vote because they are they're just outvoted. There are more people who are willing to support and aid or stay silent or try to distract so as not to directly really speak about the Erica Mishigas following the Sutton meeting. Like, how does that play out? What how does that tension result? The are you talking about like next season? I think so, but just in general, like it could be on the reunion because that's top of mind, but also next season, absolutely. I think it depends on the on the uh, housewife. Mm. I think in general, this is a season where they would have every opportunity to say something and and uh, against, for instance, against one of their own, against Erica. Is there mm. anything that anyone has been involved in ever that has been worse? Mm-hmm. And they would have the entire audience behind them for questioning, mm-hmm. and they still didn't. So I think that that group of women uh, aren't necessarily like the bravest, or at least they know there's more value in sticking together than splintering. Mm-hmm. As far as Sutton goes, I think that will maintain. Mm-hmm. I could see a world in which Dorit starts to try and play both sides of the fence because I do think she kind of cares about that, like mm-hmm. in terms of perception on herself. Um but in general, I think Sutton's going to be a target next year. And I think that they are going to want, and during the reunion and any opportunity, she is really popular. And your two choices are, you know, either get with it or get against it. And they've already shown that they are willing to, uh, they aren't willing to break ranks. So I think, okay, well now we have to make her look worse in public. 
So uh, I think that they are going to start to pick her apart a little bit, show where maybe she says one thing and does another. They've been trying to do that this season. Like, oh, you're saying something behind Erica's back, but when it's to her, when they all were saying those things in that thing, and that's never come up. They were all in that like dinner at Dorit's that Sutton called. Mm-hmm. No one is claiming the things that they said, but they're like, Sutton, you have to constantly claim the things you said. So I think they are going to really try and tear her down. That's my guess. But how does that work if you know that everybody loves her and is like... It doesn't. I'm not saying it's going to be a success. I'm saying that they are going to attempt to undermine Sutton because right now she's considered the moral the moral center almost yeah because even garcelle is able to kind of have sort of pseudo friendships with the other women and sometimes when things go wrong for sutton even though garcelle is her buddy she lets it play out she doesn't constantly jump to sutton's defense constant like she lets sutton kind of like defend herself whereas sutton is like seems like she's always stepping in shit mm-hmm. which is of course it's not shit it's the truth and they just don't want her to step in the truth mm-hmm. so uh i think that they are going to um want to show that she is not the moral center. So they may find ways in which she has done something wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's lied. Maybe, who knows? Like, is there going to be a story now in Raider Online about how Sutton, you know, has now um, sold her two baseball teams into sex slavery? Who knows? But mm. I feel like they're going to somehow uh, just come for her in different ways. She's already shown that she can't really fight back so much in the moment. So I would love for Sutton to see that she has all the support of the fandom and actually use some of that to give her muscle. I think it used to be that she couldn't fight back in the moment. And I now, I think now it's that she's choosing not to where she's like, I'm not going to participate in this. Like interesting. If you go from one to a thousand, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Like you're telling me what I will have this conversation with you. I'm opening a door to have a conversation with you. You close the door immediately and say, I don't want to talk about it. And how dare you and go fuck yourself. I'm not going to continue the conversation. And the tension is when other people hearing that are like, why aren't you continuing the conversation? I thought that you were going to be honest about how you felt. And she's saying, I was, I, if we wanted a conversation instead of a monologue, Mm -hmm. I opened the door to that. I was told it wasn't uh, going to happen. And I am a grown adult. I'm listening to somebody who's telling me what they want and they're saying they don't want it. So I'm not going to pursue it. I, I get that. I think that the way that you're saying it feels more easy and confident than the way that she is coming off on TV. However, one of the things that she said that does support what you're saying is when she was having her back and forth with Erica and she said, I'm not apologizing for what I said, but I'm mm. apologizing. For I was like, OK, she's still holding a line. Yeah. So so that goes to what you're saying. And it is also the conflict of being a person and someone who. I don't want to diagnose her with anything, but like maybe experiences a little bit of like social anxiety where her reaction to stuff, whether it's the actual genuine tension of fighting with someone and also doing it on camera, they did a little, a fun little trolley, a little medley of her moments breaking down on past episodes and past seasons because that is a part of her. She's not the first nor only housewife to have moments where she gets emotional about being vulnerable, being afraid, feeling like you're driving up to a situation where there's a hairstylist there that you fought with and you think you're being set up. Like whatever these situations are, her reaction at times is to quote unquote break down. She's not the first person to do it. It doesn't also mean she doesn't have capacity to express herself in other ways. I think there might sometimes, though, just be a little bit of an inner fight, you mm-hmm. know? 
And also, she is a woman from the South. You know, there is a way that she may or may want, may or may not want to express herself in surroundings and a way that she wants to represent who she is to hundreds of thousands of people at home. Do you remember at the when she finally got her diamond? Everyone's mm. like, yay, that's so great. She's now they've given it to her. Like it, people had no idea how they the show literally had no choice. She she is this like, yeah, she's the counter to the like the uh, theoretically the antagonist of the season. Mm-hmm. So like th- so when she got the diamond, it was like, that's so great. Whatever you did, that's wonderful. Whatever. She must have been like, oh, you have no idea. I'm like in it. And there was also at the beginning of the season, they were doing I forget who the ho- it was again. Watch what happens live mm-hmm. where they were asking like. Of it was one of the things where like all the like housewives pop up and they're like who's this yeah. who's that and they had asked like who was the and I'm, I'm forgetting the phrasing but it was like either the troublemaker or the drama or the something of the season mm-hmm. and whoever it was was just like Sutton and it was kind of surprising like well her like what but it's interesting that she would be viewed as someone who's like the rabble rouser when in fact she's like kind of standing up to one would think the drama of the season. But that makes her the biggest troublemaker because she's unwilling to stay quiet, which everyone owes her for that because this season would have been a shit show without it. And I do want to get your thoughts on an aspect of troublemaker show who's making the choice and the Mm -hmm. strategy behind production. But first, Uh I need to give a little shout out because we're sitting in my hotel room. To my friends at the Sovatel Los Angeles of Beverly Hills, who have been so generous with my stay here in Los Angeles. And guys, there is something to be said for Beverly Hills having an iconic, fabulous, historic season and being located here in Beverly Hills, seeing the sign as I drive to this hotel from the airport and everything else. I do have to say I've stayed at the Sofitel before at this location, and I'm so thrilled to be back and so thankful to them. And just so you know, Sofitel is just a five-minute drive from all of the iconic um, places that you may want to visit when you are in Los Angeles, including Rodeo Drive, Melrose Place, Sunset Boulevard, Santa Monica Boulevard, LACMA, various museums, including the newly opened um, Academy Museum, which I'm dying to go to, and a Paris minute away from world-class dining. It has all the luxury amenities you dream of for your stay, a gorgeous view on Hollywood Hills, pool, roof dock, patio, modern art, and more. And, you know, we're looking at the view of the Hollywood Hills. I feel like I am in just the most dreamy dreamscape (laughs) space right now. I love that I'm recording talking only about BH while in BH. And I just want to say thank you so much to the Sofitel Los Angeles at Beverly Hills. And if you guys want to follow them on social, go to Sofitel Los Angeles at is the handle and the website to see more of this fabulous hotel is www.sofitel.com dash loss dash angeles.com and thank you so much to the iconic location of Pantygate for allowing me to be entirely closed recording <laughs> this episode uh here at the Sofitel BH and James LaRosa yes ma'am going back to the conversation of trouble making as an idea but the idea the 
the question of being in hot water and how that's going to maybe be used against you and maybe trying to figure out whether or not production had a little bit of a hand. Mm-hmm. Your tagline for this week's episode was a callback to never have I ever. Yes. Are you going to ask me if I've stolen something? Yes, I mean, I have. 100% I have. <laughs> Garcelle's never have I ever stolen anything. Mm-hmm was a real choice <laughs> within the moment reactions. I actually can't believe it happened. What do you think? Uh, I think that it was phenomenal. Oh, phenomenal. I Here's my question for you. Yeah. Obviously, it, it so speaks to the moment. It speaks to everything. And you're like, oh, my God, while she's saying it. Is there a chance she wasn't thinking of Erica when she said it? A hundred percent. Yeah. But still, I mean, like when I think never that's what have she I, could get away with saying. Anyway. Yes. When I think never have I ever, it's usually just go straight to sex. Right. Have I been with a guy? Have I been with a girl? Right. Never have I ever done it. Who's that? I love Kathy. Oh, no. Was it was it Kathy? No. Who was it that was said at Strap a doctor's on? office? Oh, I think that was Kathy. Kathy because who also, her, yeah, 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 yeah. And also though, when someone said something about a strap on, Kathy drank. So I'd like to hear more about that. But maybe she was also thirsty. Yeah. Who could say? <laughs> um, but when it came to that moment, I mean. That's when all Twitter was like, that's when every photo of Garcelle went up with a crown on her head. And they're like, <laughs> we bow to our queen. Um, that's the shit you watch for. Yeah. Like, that's what you watch for. Like, and. In the moment. That's not a confessional moment. Mm-hmm. That's an I'm in your face. Mm-hmm. I would actually love to see Erica and Garcelle just start going at it. Like, <laughs> like it just, it seemed like fighting words. And the fact that it wasn't a fight, if that was anyone else, maybe not anyone else, but God forbid Sutton say that. She's going overboard. I mean, I think somebody will at the reunion. I think it's going to be a combination of maybe Erica, but maybe Erica unleashing Rena. That's going to, that is going to be that plus what we know now and what the cast surely knows, but is choosing to ignore the reveal of the Tom calls. That's going to be Lisa V. Garcelle for the entirety of the reunion. But uh, as a, as a, as a longtime listener of the pod, Mm -hmm. the constant wish, the top of the wish list, every time a Beverly Hills season ends seems to be who is going to be strong enough and willing to go up against Lisa Rinna. Yeah. The answer has finally happened and it's Garcelle. And I'll tell you what, okay. Garcelle is just better at it than Lisa. Any conversation Garcelle has with Lisa, Garcelle always has the upper hand. And I think that's one of the reasons why, I mean, I like her. I just want to talk. So the fact that it's like Garcelle has no problem saying, here's what you did. I'm, I'm not saying this. I'm saying that. So I think, I'm just realizing as we're talking that we finally got our wish, like having someone, whatever that conversation or fight allegedly that goes down at the reunion between Lisa and Mm -hmm. Garcelle, I'm, I don't worry about Garcelle in that moment. I mean, look at Garcelle in the finale. The teaser for the finale is Garcelle being like, you need to contact slash apologize to Denise. That is Denise is almost a bigger cast member than Kathy this season. She's almost like has more airtime than Crystal is the amount of Denise business. Can't get away. I mean, it's about Tom, but it's also a little bit about Denise. And Garcelle is doing that in such a way where Rena has put herself in a little bit of a corner as far as saying I've made major mistakes. But if you guys say I was a shitty friend to Denise, that's the excuse that I'm using to defend 
Erica in order to punish Garcelle. And now we're in a situation where if we're taking you at your word that you're saying that you made mistakes and what's important is defending your friend and being a good one, regardless of whether or not you were better friends with Erica than you were Denise. And I would argue, what does that even mean when it comes to friendship? But we're going to now test you on that. We're going to say on camera and by we, I mean, Garcelle's going to say on camera, well, I think since you are very focused on having great friendships built on trust and security and protection and defense, maybe you should give Denise a call. So flashing back again to a former episode of yours where you had this fantasy where you're like, it's at the end of next season oh, yeah, yeah. where Lisa Vanderpump suddenly is I like, hello, it. darling. And then you're like, wouldn't that be a great end of season? wouldn't that be great if the end of this season instead of Lisa Vanderpump was Denise she just show it's like Lisa and there's Denise and you're like oh, you get that moment at the end of this season it's not gonna happen I mean but the thing with that is Denise can't ultimately deliver I don't no. know that she wants I think maybe she has probably tried practicing like during her hiatus because I do think she wants to come back <laughs> she's doing squats she's but doing housewife squats she 100% is doing some crunches but I don't know that she I don't know that she ultimately you know I I don't know why I keep thinking about this because I actually thought she looked adorable, but like it's the sequin shorts. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know that this is the specific world that she is comfortable in, and I don't know that that discomfort will really last a whole hell of a long time. Could you imagine if Denise was actually on this season where it's a, now it's a COVID world oh with her God. and her wacky husband and all of their sort of paranoid like – People are following and in the in in the it's never been a more paranoid time than the last year. And then there would be Denise and is it Aaron? Yeah. Ooh, that'd have been that'd been something. And that might have been a little funky, but also conversely, Garcelle and Sutton would have had a strong supportive ally. I think Denise is best not when she's attempting to defend herself because that's when she wants to run out the door, but when she's defending other people, then she activates. You know, like that is when she comes out and she's like, don't say that to somebody, yada, yada, yada. She is very, she's a better friend when it comes to like the performance mm-hmm. and also reality of of being expressly, um, not argumentative, but like expressly supportive and defensive of somebody else than she is herself. And it would be interesting to see her back knowing how loudly Garcelle has supported her and seeing what happens if we do have a callback to the Brandy stuff because it will come up. But really the story or her narrative is built on defending Garcelle and as a result, Sutton and Garcelle. Well, you know, Denise isn't here. I know. Oh, <laughs> Denise, she's in Malibu. I was there yesterday. <laughs> I forgot to stop by. Uh, she was with uh, Brandy. So, mm. uh, no. No, she um, wasn't. It, yeah. I. It, it's, I am it's, definitely, lo- I'm, again, I'm curious what four parts will give us. Um, but I am interested in seeing uh, Garcelle just, b- side, side, Note, side, side comment. Yeah. How many times are they going to let Dorit do that wacky Garcelle accent? I don't know. I'm Garcelle. I'm talking to Dorit. Like, she does this, like, weird... Whenever she... Like, she... Every I've time, never noticed that. Well, what? When, when Garcelle... Like a bumbling no, comment? Not, not bumbling. It's it's a little, like, ooh, I don't know if you want to do that. When she, Like, racially insensitive? I don't want to put that on it, because that's big. But I will say, when 
Dorit at that, I said that all they do is sit around and eat. So when I say that dinner or that lunch, it could be anything. But when she says to her, like, I feel like you've been making these jabs. And then she did that, like, as she was imitating Garcelle saying things to her, she was like, no, 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 oh, no, no, no. It was like something that she only <gasps> oh, gave to that's Garcelle. incredibly inappropriate. And she just did it again in the last episode where it was something where it's like her version of Garcelle's sort of like, I don't, I don't want to say it's, I don't want to say there's anything racial about it because again, I think that's such a, it's such a loaded thing, but there is some, I've never heard her like imitate someone in that way, the way that she, but you're saying that because you're it, her intent wouldn't, I, my guess is not living in Dorit's head. Her intent isn't thinking about that, but that has nothing to do with the impact. The impact still lands regardless of whether or not she's like thinking it's, of a certain caricature it's like she's trying to be like a down ass girl while she's sa- or a woman when she's talking to Dorit and I'm just like oh that's not the it, when she's talking it, to Garcelle no no but oh, like, when Garcelle's when talking to Dorit it's like she's she's putting on Ooh, kind of like a that. it's like she puts a little like a deeper sass on it and it's kind of as if she yeah it's it's again I don't want to say it, you're like you are saying yeah it's 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 noticeable and I'd be curious if anyone else I, I can't be the only one of course I, but, but but maybe I I mean if any of your you know comment below any of your uh your 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 regulars but it to me every time Dorit imitates Garcelle talking to her I'm just like use your own if that's your own voice use that whatever you're like putting on is is cringing me right now well she's obviously unaware of the ways that some of her comments even regardless of that which i didn't pick up on so i need to but the ways that some of her comments have landed with the like um my family surrounds itself with people by color all of our employees are people you know she said things where it's like this is not that's an odd that's an odd response that you're saying without thinking and maybe we should think a little bit. It's going to come up at the reunion. There is, go- I'm sure there's going to be a conversation around it. How can she not know? She speaks four languages. Habla cuatro lenguas. Oh, yeah, I don't. I mean. And then she just runs through every single. And Garcelle's like, great. Yeah, it's it's a tough look for Dorit. And it's also to me, I was like, it was unexpected to me to see her respond in that way. I don't know why, but and maybe that's my own like naivete, but I was surprised to see her respond in a way that I was like, this is so tone deaf. I cannot believe you're saying these things. It was very Kelly Osborne on The View talking about some terrible thing that some incredibly inappropriate comment that Trump had surely made of um, regarding, I think the Hispanic community. And I don't remember. And she had a, she had a response in defense uh, as a way to push back on Trump. That was incredibly inappropriate that she didn't understand. And she thought she was saying it in a defensive way. And it was similar to the idea that all of the employees are people of color. It's not, it's not a good it's not a good look. And I wonder how she will respond to that. If it will go into my mom's best friend is a woman of color. It's, like, I it's don't know. So, but the, the thing about that, which to me I find funny, isn't that she said it because, and, and, and didn't know like mm-hmm. that it sounded awful, but it is so stereotypically, you know, my best friend is gay. Like my mm. best friend is black. It's, it's like a joke at this point. So for someone to actually say it and, and not know that it's, a joke at this point to me I'm just like it's tone deaf but it's also it's comical the fact that 
she's just like, the, the, you know, our children are surrounded by lovely dark-skinned help. Mm. And you're like, what are you doing? So inappropriate. But the fact that she doesn't even know that that's like a cliche at this point, And she's saying it like earnestly. I don't remember her imitating or attempting to imitate as a joker I don't remember it I'm sure it happened I believe you it I was just need the, to re- I don't I'm like my brain is again a it was her way of um devaluing what Garcelle was saying to her and she did it Jesus. in a t- in a in a in an imitative tone obviously yeah it, to me it just sounded awful I mean I don't think I was picking at it and when she did it again she did it again this last episode and I was just I like re-watch. it was one line that she did in this episode and I was like oh like you're going back to that well. Yikes. Wow. Not great. But maybe, I mean, see if anyone else heard it too, because it just, no, 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 As if she's like, it was just, I've never seen her do it before and only with Garcelle. That's so weird to me. Yeah. And was that, that wasn't at the scene where Kyle was imitating Sutton, right? Because uh, Kyle imitates cast members. No, well, no, you're saying in the scene in this most recent episode, yeah. she, which I was like, okay, that's a choice. Um, actually, I, I thought it was funny. I actually want to say, I don't know if it was that same scene, but I want to say it was this most recent episode where she mm. is saying something that Garcelle had said, but it didn't seem like it was necessarily, maybe it was Kathy going, I thought we'd, you know, I thought we'd buried, the, anyway, I don't want to start like kind of needle yeah, in a yeah, haystacking yeah. it, but she's done it in two different episodes and it, and it huh. just was not it was not it it wasn't the moment I mean I can't really speak to it except to say that based on what you're saying it does sound incredibly insensitive but I do need I do need to also watch it because I truly do not remember because I'm in LA and I forget things here uh yeah that was my impression it was a little a little a little rough oh my god and speaking of rough so what are your I mean, just going back to the reunion, what are your expectations knowing, as we said at the start of this episode, that Andy is like, she answers every question. Like, how how rough do you think this will get for Erica or Sutton and or Sutton? Um, I think it'll be very rough for Sutton. I don't think it'll be rough for Erica. I mm. think I think Andy said she answers all the questions. I think he said it in a way that he would think the audience would take that like, wow, he really Mm -hmm. grilled her. Mm -hmm. But Andy doesn't grill. He's not going to, even when, like, anytime there's something sort of pointed, it needs to be attributed to, like, you know, uh, Roberta in Inglewood Falls, Mm -hmm. whatever. Like, he never says it himself. Right. In turn, write this on a card. Mm -hmm. Say she's from Bethesda. Um, (laughs) But he's, he's also not a lawyer. He's also not a... Uh, I don't think he's going to have like the homeland, you know, chart up with the strings going to this, that, mm-hmm. and the other. I don't think he's following it that insightfully. Um, so whatever she's going to answer, I can't imagine. I don't, I just don't see gotcha moments. Yeah. And, the, and if there were any, he's not going to say afterwards, oh, she answered everything. Mm-hmm. Like you want to hear like, wow, security had to come in the middle because she accidentally gave it all up. And you, I mean, you want there to be something that you're going to feel like is satisfying. And that to me doesn't imply satisfying. I'm almost I almost have more um, interest in what's going to go down between Lisa and Garcelle when Erica, Mm. because I feel like Erica really has coasted the season uh, as far as like what she can say, what she can't say, what Mm -hmm. she will say, how she's doing it, what she's projecting. The most my lawyer said it was the most courageous. I mean, like we're getting so and all like sort of the defense of Tom. Mm -hmm. There's none of it makes sense. What Mm -hmm. I love, I love, love, love like going to Twitter after an episode airs because nobody's buying it. No, but there, there is certainly like, yes, queen, go girl, like for Erica. But in general, 
I feel like everybody is paying attention to what she's saying. Everybody is remembering the thing she just said yesterday and comparing it. The audience is on it. So I, I and when that happens, I don't know how satisfied they're going to be by the reunion because they're like, we've already like we've a determined there's shenanigans going on Mm. what she's saying has been conflicting not making sense the people around her are just you know um gassing her up and Mm -hmm. and 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 giving her all like this most recent episode where they're like it was just such a weird where everyone is like and everyone was it just was like drinking the kool-aid as i think maybe sutton said i'm not sure but it it, i the reunion does not uh I'm, i'm i don't have feelings that I'm going to be satisfied off of that. Do you think satisfaction is a, is a genuine realistic possibility? Um, no, mm. I don't, I don't, I don't know how it would play out that it would be satisfying. Mm. What, what, what the audience, I think, and this is just me, what the audience wants is, is her to say, uh, and this may not even be true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe what the audience wants can never happen, but I was married to a powerful man you can love someone and be scared of them at the same time. I was I was going to be devoured in whatever happened. I had to step away. He was going to make it rough. The best way to for me to go about moving forward was to say as little as possible. I really felt, you know, bound and gagged and the fact of the matter is I'm so horrified by what happened to these people that I'm embarrassed and I'm ashamed and I'm going to like whether she gives up the Erica Jane character or not and evolves into the next rung of whatever she's going to be. Maybe she goes back to Erica Chips Ahoy or whatever you said her maiden name is. And like that to me, I think what the audience might go, oh, she's going to now she's becoming like Erica 4.0. And who is that going to be? But she's towing such a hard line on what this is now that I don't think realistically you're I don't know that she's ever going to give people that. And I could be wrong. Maybe you want to hear her say something else, but, um, but it, what we're getting now, I just don't see the same person being able to give what they're giving now and also give any kind of catharsis. I mean, I also don't know that it, I I don't know what to think about Erica's relationship with Tom because she has expressed a spare number of times, like a very controlling dynamic and, it's not that I don't believe it, but the the views that we're watching, the view that she is, the picture she is painting for us, the view that we're now seeing is someone who is angry that people aren't there for and supporting her loving, generous, wonderful spouse, partner, man, mm-hmm. who she happens to not have spoken to in a number of months or whatever. I just don't, I don't know that she has the interest or ability to acknowledge who Tom really is. And that's sort of necessary in order to acknowledge that crimes have taken place and that there are victims outside of the public perception of who she is now. Um, Looking at this, like it's, again, it's a show and she's a character and, and just, bird's eyeing and yeah. n- nothing yeah, yeah. nothing personal against anyone yeah, yeah. if i were if i'm looking at just that situation never having met anyone involved just looking at it if if i'm looking at someone who is defending someone who just should not be defended across the board mm-hmm. i'd think i would think he he has something that would prove that she has some 
either knowledge, awareness that she's benefited, whatever it is. And she would, she's basically doing what she's doing as part of a, like, I have to do this in order to kind of save my own ass. I don't believe that at all. I think I'm that leaving. This is, like a- <laughs> this is a great, I love the Sophie tell. This thread count is off the, the chain. That is actually genuinely I'm really leaving. comfortable. I want to go back to sleep for a second. Um, I don't believe that. I think that this is, I think she truly doesn't. I think she thinks that there's a vendetta not helped by what's happening online with her and Ron Richards. But I do think that she, I don't think she is willing or able to process that he is not, that when we talk about alter egos, that her husband was an alter ego. And she's focused on the idea of who he was as the generous yada yada. Mm -hmm. And she is unwilling to acknowledge because it's seemingly less performative, even though it's much worse and much more dangerous of a performance, that the Tom Girardi, whose name stays the same, that she was married to was not the real man. The guy who did a lot of nice things because he donated so much money to charity. And P.S. What we're not saying is that money was stolen. Like the man who did so many things for good people. And maybe that was bound to the idea that he knew he would get a kickback or some sort of help later on when he needed it. All of the strings attached. He was a good guy who deserves to have good things happen to him Mm -hmm. while I continue to ignore his calls. Like, I don't know. If she if she has the ability or if it's too soon for her to process that the Tom, her husband is is maybe not the the real man. So off of what you said, I have one question for you. Okay. Why did she divorce him? Why is she divorcing him? If he's such a wonderful thing that she's going off and saying all these positive things about and you think that's genuine, then why would she? I think she genuinely was pushed into a corner where she knew that. this was the only possible route to potentially save her in some way was to sever the tie. And it may also be that this, the marriage had devolved into some sort of, you know, a partnership, a supportive, whatever. And maybe he was, he could be very controlling and very cold. And it just so happened that for many, for a myriad of reasons, she needed to walk away. But I do think that it was pushed into this because of the legal issues surrounding him. I don't think it was because she wanted to walk away because she deserved, but I think it was pushed into it as some sort of. So she was so, and and I could have the timeline muddy in my head and I feel like we actually have had a timeline conversation yeah. going where was this and when right, was right, that right. whatever 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 mm-hmm. but so now it sounds like you're saying she at least knew the shit was going to hit the fan and then she left you're of not course saying she did well she's been served for however long for a much much longer period of time she's been subpoenaed and served she's and she stayed things. and she stayed so this one particular thing which is now estimated 100 million plus this is so she's leaving now. Yeah, because the house of Car- it's entirely possible that she's like, I'm being subpoenaed for things. And he's like, it's a it's the vendetta and whatever. I don't know how much of this she believed, but I do know that when they knew the house of cards was falling down. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There was an exit strategy for her. And there's no other reason for me aside from understanding a psychological or trying to process a psychological profile of how she has reacted to this kind of trauma in, in terms of the amount of pressure and everything that she's going through and understanding that she was betrayed or I I don't know. It's the whole other conversation of, did she know, but absolutely she was aware of what was coming her way as she was aware of the LA times piece, as she was aware of everything else. There's, 
no way around reality, regardless of how she's painting her marriage and the characterization of Tom on reality TV. Yeah. It seems it seems incredibly unlikely and and inauthentic and incredibly unrealistic that she's walking away from her marriage to Tom because he was very cold to her and that's the end of the story. That that literally as as um Garcelle said, it's literally unbelievable. It's difficult to believe and that's happened too many times, but maybe the most influential aspect of that is the narrative surrounding her divorce. I just feel like uh, I'm with you and that I love watching these shows because of all the psychology involved. Mm -hmm. I think that we might be breaking our backs to figure out what the psychology is of this when in fact it was actually your Oh, when Jesus. you no, no, it was your pod episode. The way you're trying to drag me on my show in your town, <laughs> James Larosa. Oh my God, it's snowing out. Look at this. <laughs> um, so sorry, I was distracted. Um, your you had an episode. I don't remember who your co-host was, but cool. it was it was was uh, it me? It was no, it was not just yes, but it was <laughs> it was you were really going through it really like intensely exhaustively all the, all the elements of it mm-hmm. and listening to it. I was just I really that is what kind of landed me in this opinion which i i hear what you're saying and you're disagree i'm sticking to mine i do think we could dissect the psychology of why someone would you know there's obviously plenty of things you can pick apart like it was the you know they were married they had a you know whether there was this way he was behaving towards her which created a response from her emotionally yada 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 she is the stuff that she is presenting on screen and i don't think it's the edit is so bananas Mm. that you kind of go, why would someone be this? Like, why would you even say these things? Why would you? Okay, there's no need to say someone flipped their car five times and this person mm-hmm. also flipped their car five times, whatever, all this stuff. I just go, this person is towing this line so hard that they it, it feels um, self-preservational. So mm-hmm. I, I, I do sort of feel like there is something very obvious that we don't know that is behind it all. Forget trying to figure out why A and B and C and D. The fact that she's doing it at all just makes me go, why? So that why to me feels like, I'm not saying, did she know? Did she not know? What did she? There is something that would make, and when you're getting divorced or when you're in sort of a tertiary character in a crime or a legal situation, you can be tied to it in the most innocuous way. I mean, Teresa Judice, Judice, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. She went signed to, some documents. Right. Which, which, I mean, I click on an Apple, do you agree to this all the time without reading it? And <laughs> I don't think I'm going to go to jail for two years. Hopefully it's not an Apple, do you agree to mortgage fraud? But okay, yeah. <laughs> but so the, the, the thing is, there could be some sort of random thing that she wouldn't necessarily think about, but could be pointed out to her by some big, powerful lawyer that mm-hmm. basically says, look, if I go down, you're going to go down too for whatever sort of minor little you know, did you skip jury do that one year? I know about it. And that's jail time. Like whatever, like who knows what like that. But I do sort of feel like there is something, there is a reason why she is towing this line so hard. And yes, you can say they were married. Yes, you can say she feels maybe like daughterly in a weird way that mm-hmm. he lifted her up out of this, like in her child and came as a savior and what have you. But anyone who is as smart as I do believe she is, does have to see the forest and the trees and everything and 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 why you would still go down this path. I go, I, I'm, I'm less interested in the different paths and the different sort of, you know, jangly keys that we're going, oh, now it's this thing. And how mm-hmm. we, you can pick apart it all and everyone is doing it. But why is it happening to begin with? I just sort of feel like it feels like self-protection, like, like, like legal self-protection. Of course it does. But, but, but 
meaning hi i'm tom and i have something that like over you possibly I'm going to make this miserable. For some reason, my gut instinct is like, absolutely not. Well, let's ask Erica. She's just shown up. Okay, great. You do have her phone number. She came to show up. Is she She, in your phone? She came came to show up. How is she saved in your phone? I don't don't have a phone. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) He just threw his phone behind (laughs) Is she saving your phone as Jane or Girardi? I, the snow is bad. It's like a it's like a blizzard out Shut there. The Look at up. that. That's not a bad question. I don't. I honestly, I I, I don't even have You're my such phone number. A dick. I swear to God. On that note, you guys, James Larosa, People's People's Patreon, L.A. Couch. Tell the people how to follow you on social and watch your things and read your stuff. Uh, you can follow me at at, <laughs> at James Larosa. It's just my name on uh, Instagram and Twitter uh, and. Uh, hit the floor. My show is on Paramount Plus, uh, and um, I, 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 I don't know what else. I mean, my OnlyFans. No, I don't know. <laughs> what episode was Erica on? Do you remember? Erica, was, I do. Erica was on episode. I want to say four oh six or four oh seven. It was. It, it was an episode where there was a heat wave, and uh, all the uh, and and the AC was out in the. So basically, everyone was just sweating all over the place. So um. She, she oh do we film that in the same no no that's the one <laughs> anyway she has a, a she has a, a scene where she comes in and and she's kind of a boss bitch and mm. again she did great and I will I, I know it makes no difference to say but I found her to be completely uh professional mm-hmm. and pleasant and mm-hmm. lovely mm-hmm. and uh uh you know I know I know at the end of the day you know, it doesn't necessarily just because I know someone a certain way doesn't it's mean they can't be another way. She's However, a pro. I think we would all agree that in many different ways, Erica Jane Girardi is a professional. Amen to that. I mean, listen, and speaking of warm and bubbly and smart and professional guys, have you gotten your tickets to Andy's Girls Live? It's literally the very first time that we will be having a live AG Kiki. We're going to do a Q&A. You can ask questions. I'm going to be joined by OG of the AG, Damian Bellino, and we are going to truly mention it all the very first time this has happened. And if it is success, if it is a success, if you are buying your tickets, if you are coming, we're going to do it hopefully again. So AG Live here, I'm about to say here in New York City, but I'm literally in LA. Uh, back in New York City, Sunday, October 17th at Club Coming in New York. You can get your tickets now at Andy girls.eventbrite.com link in the show notes for this episode would really appreciate it if you guys come to the show it's a very big deal Damien and I are both incredibly excited and I'm so um, thrilled to talk to you guys after and shoot the motherfucking shit so if you haven't bought your tickets um, before please do so now and P.S. I did a 45 minute new Patreon episode breaking down my reaction to BH the news that Porsche's leaving Atlanta uh. officially may her memory be a blessing and so much more and I really like get into the mud about Erica Sutton and Rinna specifically with a dash of Garcelle so if you're not um, a Patreon AG what the fuck are you waiting for patreon.com slash Andy's girls you get invites to exclusive Zoom events, uh, bonus episodes, the number of which depends on the tier, and a lot of my gratitude and thanks for being um, a Patreon AG. And oh, yeah, and there's a 45 minute bonus 
ep with Damian Bellino, where we really dive into a lot of um, Atlanta past, present, future, and, you know, the unfortunate passing of Greg Leakes, and a bonus episode with um, the lovely ladies from Family Karma Cast, where we talk about Family Karma, their thoughts on how you process the idea of who is your spiritual housewife, and the journey to try to figure that out, and the lens through which we see um, trigger housewives, and so much more. Anyway, patreon.com slash Andy's girls follow me on instagram at dame galley james Larosa. let's go to brunch we're gonna go to brunch can i say two really quick things yeah did i say I follow me on the... social and instagram at dame galley was that one of them follow sarah on social thank uh, you. dame galley thank you um did you say the rest what else is there for you that's it before i step in i want to say definitely get tickets to the event because if you guys love listening to sarah here <laughs> as we all do she is uh as heaps, some of us do as some of us do she's uh <laughs> Split audience sometimes. Heaps of fun uh, in person, and uh, I'm sure her outfit is already planned, and it's going to be gorgeous. And I know now who's going to do my blowout. Okay, so there's even a blowout happening. Choice between three lipsticks, but it depends. There are going to be shades of pink and red. There might be a gloss run as well. As I'm feeling, if I'm feeling frisky. Fabulous. As someone involved in events, it is uh, psychologically (laughs) very helpful. For the person throwing it to know that mm. who's coming and how they're whatever, whatever. Yeah. So not only get your tickets now, don't wait. Don't mm. do the door. You're paying five Mm-mm. bucks more. Get your tickets you now. You really are. And then put it on your Insta story and tell Sarah so that she yes. can then repost and uh lick your face oh because my God. I love it's gonna licking. be it's gonna be a blast. The other thing I'm gonna say, which is not funny, but it's and I want it to be very, very quick. Okay. I wanted to say how much I loved the episode that you did with Crystal. Mm. And I'll tell you, I to I the the conversation that you guys had about disordered eating mm-hmm. is stuff that I did not know about. So I was learning so much about that. This is apropos of absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to launch a conversation. I just want to say as someone who didn't know anything, not anything, but like the intricacies and all that sort of stuff. The mm-hmm. fact that you both were able to have that conversation and have that sort of moment and really get into it. Mm-hmm. As someone listening, you were you were being heard by people who aren't in the thick of it with you, but are helped and can go forward with that sort of information. So I really just wanted to say I appreciate it and also say to go back and listen to it if you haven't, because I absolutely love that episode. Thank you. You're welcome. I mean, aside from all of the episodes that you and I record and every I love those episode. More. <laughs> no, no I love kidding. I love every episode of AG, but if you ask me what episode I'm genuinely most proudest of out of two hundred and fifty four aside from this, which is tied, I would say that episode <laughs> with Crystal because it was it was like a rare it's like a rare thing to have someone walk into the room and be so ready to be their absolute most vulnerable and then you have to meet them at exact we met each other exactly where we were and that's an incredibly rare thing which is also why I love recording with people in person which is also why I'm so appreciative that you came to Sofitel Los Angeles at Beverly Hills for this in person on the people's people's hotel couch kiki because I think there's something with genuine connection seeing each other and I really do want to go to brunch so on that note thank you so much (laughs) listen to everything that James said Uh, guys I hope you're staying safe staying sane getting vaccinated if you can shout out to the view of California we're looking at now in this beautiful LA skyline and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.